Today, we're going to finish our conversation about The Soul of Discipline by Kim John Payne. We'll focus on helping our kids be oriented to our families and creating healthy rhythms. Welcome to Find the Magic, the podcast that will help you honor yourself, your children, and your partner. We are going to give you tips and strategies to create peace and authenticity within your family. This is Felicia Allen. I am a social media marketer, writer, and a mom to three boys, ages four, two, and one. And I'm Tara Lynn Griffin, an English professor turned stay-at-home mom to four kids, ages 10, eight, five, and two. We inhale a ridiculous amount of books and life tools and distill the information for you, our awesome listeners. Let's find the magic together. So I have the facepalm today, and my facepalm is that I have been, as my two-year-old would say, a baby, 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 Sunny. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so Felicia has a little baby named Sunny, and oh. that's what I'll just say sometimes. Mommy, you're a baby, 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 Sunny. <laughs> so I have been a whiny baby. Not to say that Sunny is a whiny baby, but I have been all a babies whiny, are whiny baby. <laughs> I have been so whiny, not only out with my mouth, but with my in my mind. <laughs> so Felicia is a really great listener. I have a few really great listeners in my life, and... There's sometimes where you can just vent and it feels good, but I have been venting the same thing <laughs> many times and taking advantage of that excellent listening. And now that I've said it several times, I'm realizing it's not helpful anymore. I oh. should just, you vented once and then stop with the whining. And I really just need to do some self-coaching and analyze my thoughts, you know, do mm -hmm. all the things. We can talk about that later. It's actually a great <laughs> process to go through that I need to do myself. I do it all the time, but I haven't for the last couple of weeks and I've just found myself getting this really whiny... Like, I'm talking, like, whiny. I don't think you've been whiny. Some self-pity parties. <laughs> like, getting out all the whiny stuff. Yeah. And and now that I'm saying this out loud, I'm also realizing my kids have been extra whiny lately. And that may, that responsibility may be on me. Because I have been a whiny baby, oh. baby, baby, baby. <laughs> baby, baby, sunny. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think you've been whiny at all. Or sometimes they'll say, baby, 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 goo goo face. Oh, so, yes. Either one. That's the new one in my house, too. Goo goo face. Yeah. It must be. <laughs> yes. That's so cute. Okay. Well, I don't think you've been whiny, but I love that self-awareness. Then you can just. Yes. Because I think I'm done feeling it. Yeah. I'm ready to change the yep. thoughts, change the feelings. Yep. I'm ready for that. Sometimes yep. it feels good just to feel something for a while, yep. but I think I'm ready to move past the whiny, whiny baby stage. <laughs> okay. So my high five is kind of a funny one, but our kids found, Cohen and Lennon found a hole that goes under our fence into like on the other side of our house we have like uh, some trees and like a a little like drainage ditch empty no water just in case everyone's concerned with safety and like a big <laughs> grass field <laughs> and they found so our cat created this hole under our fence to go hunt mice over in the field and they found it and just like they kind of shaped it just enough that they can fit their little bodies under the fence. <laughs> but it's a high five because they went under the fence yesterday and spent probably three hours just exploring, which, you know, I'm, we are suckers for outdoor exploration. But I can tell they like come back. They're creating this little world. It's like their secret hideout and they're doing all these things. And I just love it. And it reminds mm -hmm. me of my childhood because I used to always like where we lived in Idaho play in places like that. And you're like, 
you know, the ditch is your base and you're like creating your little house behind or whatever. And so I'm dying. I think it's so fun. And I hope it lasts <laughs> that they love it. It's so cool. And there's big trees back there, which we don't have any big trees in our yard. And so it's kind of fun. It's shady and mm -hmm. it's a cool little yeah, place. It's awesome. Okay. So today we're going to talk about um, the rest of the Soul of Discipline by Kim John Payne. But first we're going to um, we're going to address a listener question that they, that a listener, and I've decided just for the sake of if some people don't want their question shared, or maybe people do, I'm just going to not say names on questions. Okay. So it's going forward. So everyone knows. Um, but so this question is, says, um, my 16 month old doesn't like to see me wash dishes, cook, read or do my makeup he will scream at my feet until i give him attention <clears throat> sometimes i'll wait out his cries until i'm done with what's at hand i'll try to remain calm and unbothered but inside i want to scream other times i'll give in and sit with him by his toys and that's usually what he wants i don't know what would be best the best way to approach an end to this habit so i love this question because we've all been there and i feel like this age is 16 month old like that like 12 months to two years old, they're just, they have no communication. They just screaming, crying is their communication. So I feel like this encompasses a lot of people's, mm -hmm. whatever you're just, whatever the things you're trying to do are probably all different. They can be whiny, whiny, whiny yeah. babies. Whiny, whiny, whiny babies. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, um, I, Terlin and I have two pieces of advice for this situation. And again, I feel like this is a lot of situations with this age. Um, the first one is, like we've talked about before, is to concentrate on being present in the caregiving moments. So when you're not trying to get stuff done that are things you want to do, when you're doing things for him, so feeding him, bathing him, diaper changes, when you are, you are taking that time to maybe play with him or read books, whatever the things are, those connecting times that you're really present and your mind's not off wandering or you're not trying to be on a phone call while he's in the tub, which those things happen. But for the majority of the time, if you can focus on that connection during the caregiving times, then hopefully it'll alleviate a little bit of that. And by connection in those times, a way that looks is you're literally eye, eye contact and telling mm -hmm. them what you're doing. So that's what that looks like in mm -hmm. those situations. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm going to lift up your legs and I'm going to put the mm -hmm. diaper underneath you. And now we're going to put your arms through this mm -hmm. sleeve and oh mm -hmm. look at your little knees as mm -hmm. you bathe them whatever mm -hmm. so you're talking you're explaining to them what they're doing it's very respectful mm -hmm. with a lot of eye contact so yes. that's what when she says connection in those times that's kind mm -hmm. of what that looks like mm -hmm. so you can practice that yep yep and and then during the times when <clears throat> so then you're trying to get your things done and this is always a trigger for any kid, I feel like this is something that we have to establish. And so I think in those times, focusing on establishing independent play and helping him um, build up that independent play muscle. So this looks like you're, you're going to wash the dishes. So you say, all right, baby, what's your name? I don't know. <laughs> baby, baby, baby. Hey, baby, baby, baby. Here are your toys. You put them in a safe place. Um, where you can't get hurt and then you go you're gonna say i'm gonna go wash the dishes now so you go and wash the dish wash the dishes and he's probably 
because it sounds like, going to start screaming and crying. And I think it's important to remember he can't say, Mom, I don't want you to wash the dishes because he's a baby. So his screaming and his crying is his way of saying that. So for me, it helps to just go, oh, he's not dying. His, you know, he's not hungry. He's not tired. It's just, oh, he doesn't want me to wash the dishes. And then you can say something like, wow, you sound like you really don't want me to wash the dishes. I'm going to finish up. And you don't have to keep saying that and, oh, what do you need? And getting him... Mm-hmm you know, new stuff and consoling him. Not that those aren't all kind things to do, but it won't help him build up that independent play muscle. So if you can then leave him and maybe he'll go off and start to explore and find another toy, hopefully that's going to help him the next time realize, oh, my mom's washing dishes. I can figure out this situation by myself. And she's going to acknowledge me, but not keep explaining it over and over and over. You can acknowledge it once Mm -hmm. and then... Maybe every every few, I mean, if he's still doing it, you could do yeah. it every five minutes or yeah. something. But you don't want to, that would be torture for everybody. Every five seconds, you don't want me to wash the dishes. You yeah. don't want me to wash the dishes. That yes. sounds so hard. Yes. Yeah. 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 I love this question because it seems to me, at first when we read it, we were brainstorming like different alternate, many different things. But it really seems to me the crux of this is fostering independent play. Mm-hmm. And the way to do that is through focusing on connection in other times mm-hmm. and then just simply doing it mm-hmm. with gentle acknowledgement of their emotions. Yes. But yeah, there's no way to. And the other, into, just on. just a little side note on independent play, a tip that I love that I didn't realize when I just had um, my first kid and then as you have more, they almost are forced to do this because you can't be helping them all the time. But I feel like with my five-year-old Cohen when he was little, when he was a baby and he'd be playing something and he would get frustrated, like he's trying to put a stick inside a little circle thing. As a parent, you're like, oh, let me just put the stick in the circle. It's so easy and you'll stop crying. And I know what you want and you'll stop crying. And I would do that a lot. But then I'm sure it was from Janet Lansbury, but it, it was a reminder of like, they let him go through that struggle. They're only screaming and crying because they're, they're just saying, I can't figure this out. I want to figure this out. And then once they do, it's again building up that muscle. The next time they play, the next time they play, they're less likely to be like, mom, help me, because they gain the confidence of, oh, I can figure out this problem. So that's one of my favorite independent tips. Sounds so simple, but. But it really is such a good tip. And you have to focus on it, especially on your first. Totally. You have to do that. I love that tip, though. Yeah. And I just have to say to you, our beloved listener, that. It gets easier as it you does. foster that. As you mm-hmm. foster that muscle, it is glorious when you have your two-year-old who can just play, 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 play mm-hmm. by themselves. It's yep, it's quite amazing. Yep. And then when you They'll have get many, there. yeah, like you know, my kids. When I say free play, they're like, yeah, like yeah, and they know, yeah, if they have something, they can just figure it out, and it's yep. really great. So yep, he'll he or she will get yep. there. You got this. All right, so. We're going to continue our conversation again about uh, the soul of discipline. There's two more age groups that Kim John Payne talks about. So to review the age groups, last episode, if you haven't listened, we talked about the first age group, which is like toddler to age seven or eight-ish, and that's the governor age group. And that's where, as a parent, you're kind of deciding pretty much most things in their life, giving them choices within preset boundaries that you've decided mm-hmm. um the gardener age is ages 8 to 12 and that's where you're more telling them tell me your plans that you want and i will decide what 
what we're going to do, which is great because it's giving them a little more freedom and choice, but you're going to ultimately decide what's best. And then you move into the guide stage, which is the teenage years. And that's where you're both talking about and familiar with the teenagers ultimate goals and their end vision for their life. And you're going to help them foster that, but they get a lot more choice. Mm -hmm. So disclaimer, Terlin and I do not have teenagers. So (laughs) when it comes to section, we've pulled out things that we think are super important and truths to all ages and looking forward into kids ages. We think that they are just amazing, whether your kid is two or 20 but we don't have teenagers, so we're not going to specifically get into like when your teenager does this because we don't feel like we can say that quite yet. Okay, so we are going to start with <coughs> our first and always our favorite um, connection. So Kim John Payne says that a focus on family orientation versus peer orientation is super important when raising our kids to... Um, honor our authority and the reason they are honoring instead of blind obedience it's because they're orient oriented and connected and uh, loving us we respect them they respect us so i love this analogy and he says like a mother goose we can let their attachment to us do the work to correct their behavior so if you see uh mother goose all her little goslings just follow right behind her And they don't need to be told, like, get in a line, you know. They are attached to her. And that's very simplified (laughs) compared to humans. But I just love Mm -hmm. if you can envision my kids are attached to me. And if I have that little connection attachment, they're just going to correct their behavior and get back in line because they love me, they respect me, they're attached. Instead of when our kids start to orient towards peers because we don't, have that connection as much then it's more of like we have to hurt them or pin them in put them in cages and it's like this overcorrecting mm-hmm. of what's kind of a natural thing for your mm-hmm. kids to attach to you yeah. i really like that analogy because i think all of us as parents can think of each child in our family and think which does it feel like more are we hurting mm-hmm. because if you've seen you know you can a dog it. hurt an animal it's a different mm-hmm. feel versus I love, yeah, ducks or geese if you watch them. I've actually watched little a little baby will go too far and the mom just says like one little sound and the yep. baby comes back. Yep. So do you feel like they're following you in general and with a small amount of correction mm-hmm. with a few words can mm-hmm. help them stay in line with you? Mm-hmm. Or do you just feel like you're hurting cats all yep. the time? Yep. <laughs> so, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I love you that analogy because you can too. feel it. Just yeah. imagine your kid right now, which one are you feeling? Because if you're feeling like you're hurting Especially, and again, we're talking, this is really geared, attachment is for every age, but especially think about if you have older kids, eight and up, Mm -hmm. that's where you really start feeling the, really having to check in on that. Mm -hmm. Am I hurting or Mm -hmm. are we securely attached? Yep. I love that. And I, another um, analogy that Kim John Payne uses that I love, he, he calls it pinging. So like submarines do this, bats do it. Um, they actually sent, they're sending out like a signal and it has, the signal has to hit something. So let's use bats. They send the signal out and that signal actually has to hit something and come back to them. So they know where they are. Right. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's all about kids who have bad behavior. It's because they're disoriented mm-hmm. and pinging looks like bad behavior. Yep. So a kid 
especially a teenager or a tween, they, they do something and they're, they're looking at you for how is my mm-hmm. parent going to react in the situation? So like choose a, sh- a shirt that you know, they yes. know you wouldn't approve of. And yeah. then they're like, yes, All right, what's my mom going to do? Like a, I'm, mm-hmm. and, and toddlers totally do this. Totally. As we're saying this, toddlers yep. do it too. Yep. They do something and it's not because they're trying to hurt mm-hmm. you. It's because they're trying to see, am I safe with you? How are you going to react? Yep. Are you going to freak out yeah are you going to still love me but yep. give me some gentle guidance mm-hmm. so just like toddlers do it teenagers and tweens oh, cohen do will <laughs> he knows that i like my rules like just don't bang stuff on the walls so he'll like he's mad and he'll like get his scooter and pretend he's gonna like hit the wall but he won't really hit it he'll just go up to it and like look at me <laughs> with that face and i like look at him back with that face like don't you don't you do that <laughs> But it's like totally, he's, he's like, mom, what are you going to do? Yeah. You know, he's pinging yeah. you. What totally. is your reaction going to be? Yeah. And I think the questions all children, and I really feel way confident saying this, whether they're two, they're 10 or they're 18. The question they're asking is, am I safe in your love? Yeah. Really? Like, am I safe here? Mm-hmm. And if the answer is yes, then they can receive correction in a much better way. Yep. But I think it's good to look at that when you see a kid who's misbehaving Instead of looking at it as, oh my goodness, this child is so bad and they're doing this just to vex me mm-hmm. and they're doing this because they're manipulating me or whatever. If you can just take those thoughts that are unhelpful thoughts and if you can look at it as, oh, they are sending out. They're pinging me. They're pinging it out. So so now I get to choose my reaction and I can still set healthy boundaries and I can mm-hmm. do it with love and kindness and mm-hmm. firmness if needed. Mm-hmm. But if I lose, if I lose it, and I react with crazy anger, then they're not going to be feeling safe and we're going to be severing the relationship instead of attaching. So I think, I just, I don't know. I love that. It totally changes the way you look at any, any child misbehavior when you're looking at as a pinging instead of bad. In a a future episode, we have some resources we love on how to help your kids family orient instead of peer orient. Um, but for now, how you can start applying this, focus, focus on your connection and listening to your kids without in the back of your mind thinking how you're going to then try to change that behavior. So just being there open to hearing because they're pinging you, mom, mom, like, you know, I'm trying to <laughs> tell you something. So try to listen and then have those clear boundaries, your guardrails that, are guiding them so they know in our house this is okay this is not okay in our family so you're connecting with love but then you're still okay these are still still our clear boundaries i love you you made that choice but here's the boundaries Mm -hmm. Um, and here's going to be the consequences that we've set up as our family that go along with our family philosophy Mm -hmm. because kids feel safe when they are part of a family unit that may have different rules than they would set for themselves, perhaps yep. that actually creates safety. Like I am part of a bigger unit than myself. Yep. And Felicia and I were talking about growing up. It's you, we can all think of when kids don't have a family, that they feel like I am mm-hmm. part of this mm-hmm. thing. Then you can feel a lot more insecure and you're just trying to be like anybody who you're around. Yes. Yep. But when you're like, Oh, these are my family rules. And mm-hmm. even though, yeah, I didn't make them up. In yep. fact, I may not even like them. Yep. There is some kind of security that at comes the core. That. There's that security, and yeah. So we're talking about you. You see kids. In fact, I think that I lacked a little bit of um, family orientation. Oh, in fact, I know that my family attachment, my family orientation, wasn't 
really strong when I was little. Our boundaries weren't super clear. We're given a lot more freedom than we should have had and a lot more responsibility, those kind of things. So when I was younger, I felt myself, and I almost had a course correct this, probably in college, I would say, but I felt myself like being that chameleon where almost like, who can I hook onto? I don't have enough attachments. Like I would, and I had those peer oriented experiences where I even would like feel like I was hooking onto their family, like trying to attach to their family because I didn't hung- have that. Yeah. You were hungry for that. Yeah. Structure. I didn't have that like structure, that attachment. And I noticed my friends who had really strong, in fact, one of my best friends, her family had, you know, super strong family orientation. And she was totally like, this is bogus. But like she didn't like Wait, she thought the family was bogus or she thought her rule, you know, you know, teenager totally pushing back against the guardrails. Yes, yes. yes. But that strong family attachment, like you could see it in her. She had way more self-confidence because she knew like whatever I'm doing, how I'm pushing against it. My family is going to keep me here and keep me safe Mm -hmm. where I felt like I really had to build up my confidence later after I realized that, mm-hmm. that that was lacking. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of, so there was a, there's a trend towards too, oh, we don't want to control our kids too much because then they're going to grow up and they're just going to do whatever anybody tells them to do and they're going to be a pushover. Mm-hmm. But I would argue that it's the opposite because if, if we have those boundaries and those guardrails set up for our kids, then they, you know, they don't feel like, when am I going to eat dinner and I'm spinning out of control. I can choose whatever I want and I don't even know what to do. So all those little things are in line. They feel safe. Then it's like, oh yeah, I'm going to go explore this college adventure because I feel safe. I know that my family has got me if I am going off the rails. Mm -hmm. So in one of our last episodes, we talked about kind of the opposite of that being, we want our kids to be trailblazers. But I love what Felicia is saying here because it sounds like, in fact, what you're saying is it's Maslow's hierarchy of when the, the, the lower things are taken care of, of order and safety and you belong, mm-hmm. those kinds of things, mm-hmm. and you have clear boundaries, mm-hmm. then within those boundaries, you can be trailblazers and be an independent thinker yep. because you're safe. You're safe. Too, yeah. Because you have those basic things before, and which I love. And the framework is where they feel the safety. Exactly. And something that <clears> I, and I've heard a lot of, although I don't have teenagers myself, I've heard a lot of mothers who have teenagers, one of them, I mean, has her own like research and stuff that anytime you have a behavior, behavior is important. We can't say behavior isn't important. Of course it is. But my, like if you could take a takeaway from the section, it mm-hmm. would just be the connection comes before behavior. Mm-hmm. So if you're struggling with your child's behavior first, analyze your connection with them. Mm-hmm. And how does that look with a teenager who has the, a ton of going on in their own life? I think a good place to start would be one-on-one time where your goal is to understand. Mm-hmm. So questions, Kim John Payne actually gives these questions. So things like, so for, for a um, tween, you'd say things like, help me understand. Tell me what your plan is here. With a teenager, you can actually say like, what is your vision for your life? Or help me understand what your thought process around this. Why are you not going to class. Mm -hmm. And when you first ask them that, if they're used to you freaking out at them, they're probably not going to open up. They're Mm going to be like, whatever. But show them over and over through many conversations, say, sincerely, I am not going to lecture you here. 
I want to connect with you and I want to just hear what you have to say. So know whatever you tell me, I'm not going to react to. This is in this conversation. That doesn't mean you're not going to set boundaries later or have consequences or whatever. Mm -hmm. But literally, I just want to understand. So I'm not going to lecture you for this. Please just help me understand. Because, and again, they're not going to open up right then because they're mm -hmm. going to be used to you being, just making them feel guilty for not wanting to, let's just use that going to class as an example. Because right. I know a lot of friends who have, you know, their <laughs> kids are going to class. Um, but I think that's a good place to start. Totally. Spend some one-on-one -on -one time and asking to understand mm -hmm. and have that truly be your thing. You can say a little prayer beforehand. Help me mm -hmm. to actually understand them because I'm not getting what they're doing. They're not making yeah. any sense to me right now, right? <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that's a good place to start. And if you're just looking at your own hierarchy, if we can put connection first, mm -hmm. you're going to have a better success with behavior anyways. Yep. But you have to start there before you're going to have any influence over behavior, yep. right? And again... We also have, of course, you're going to have consequences as a family mm -hmm. and those boundaries. But I'm talking about just you're struggling. Connection. Mm -hmm. Focus. Always come back to home base, which is connection. Yep. I think we all feel that if if someone on the street was just like, you know, go do this, whatever the thing was, you'd be like, what? I don't even know you. You'd feel that as an adult. Mm -hmm. But our connections, even as adults, if we have someone we're really close to. Maybe it's our parents or maybe it's a friend. Their opinion what they have to say when we have that connection is like, oh, it has way more weight, even though it might be the same exact thing they're telling you. So totally, I love that. And even as you said that, I was thinking of people who I really admire, who I do listen to what they say, who don't even know me. And I realized, <laughs> so for example, like podcast people, mm -hmm. authors who I love, and it's because I actually do feel connected feel to them. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> I know. You know? Hey, Gretchen. So it's just that you feel yeah. that connection mm -hmm. is what, Whatever, however you're feeling that mm -hmm. in families, it's really easy to have, yeah. be a good listener. And that's how you connect. It's really great. Totally. Awesome. All right. We're going to take a break and we will come back and talk about um, creating rhythms and routines in your home. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. So one of the ways to help kids when they're feeling disoriented and you're kind of feeling like you're not very connected is rhythm. Rhythm, I mean, think about it. Even when we're babies, babies love to be rocked. Just mm -hmm. there's something really soothing about rhythm. Ocean mm -hmm. waves, I mean, I can go on and on about mm -hmm. how we love. <laughs> as humans, we love just the concept of rhythm. So there's something very calming to everybody. But when you have a specific rhythm in your home, whether it's what you do before bedtime, what you do on Sundays, what you do in the mornings, then your kids, however they're feeling, they can be feeling disoriented. They can be feeling like, I don't have an anchor. I am floating. If they <clears> come back and they 
step into a rhythm in your home, it's going to be soothing for them Mm -hmm. and help foster connection and a sense of belonging. So here we're going to talk about just a few ways you can create rhythms in your house Mm -hmm. so that will help your kids feel anchored and oriented and hopefully have to do a little less pinging, which looks like bad behavior (laughs) to say, where are you? Because rhythms and routines start out. I mean, when you have a baby, you know, it's like, wake up, we eat. And so routines kind of naturally develop, but as they get older, things get a little bit more complicated. Yes. For the routine. And I feel like rhythms have to be very intentional. Mm -hmm. Even as babies, they have to be intentional. You have to choose at bath time. We do this, Mm -hmm. this way we do at bedtime. Like I feel, but it is a lot easier and as you get bigger, it's much more intentional. You have to say, we're going to, s- we're intentionally going to set this rhythm. You have to carve out that time because mm-hmm. it yeah. gets busy. <laughs> you have to set the time for mm-hmm. it. Totally. So um, one rhythm that has helped a lot in my family, it's, it's a weekly rhythm and it helps us kind of get a vision for the whole week. And when we do it, we try to do it regularly, but of course there are some times where we miss it, but it is really, really helpful. And I've noticed a big difference in my family. And we just do a family council every Sunday. We do Sunday before our week starts. And I know the family council is not a new concept, like it's been around for decades, but, um, and you can do it as complicated or as simple as you want. I first learned about it from the entitlement trap by Richard and Linda Ayer, and it's really good. But um, in this book, The Soul of Discipline, he talks about it too. Anyway, in our family council, in my family, all we do is, so we always, every day we study, um, we like to incorporate some scriptures and we talk about God and, and that kind of thing. And, but on Sundays, we just take literally a few minutes and we just look at our week. Mm -hmm. So my kids especially love it when we have a calendar. In fact, my calendar just, um, anyway, I need to make a new calendar, but um, they take turns who gets to write that Mm -hmm. week, what's happening. And they think it's like the coolest thing ever. Yeah. So one kid gets to do that if you have old enough kids to do that. But anyway, and it's just really comforting for everybody to know what's happening this week, especially mm-hmm. as my kids get older and we have different amounts of things. Mm-hmm. It's It helps them in several ways. First of all, it anchors them knowing I'm not just going into the week. I don't know what's happening, what's going on. And you just feel like you're just like, like hurting them into different places. Mm-hmm. It's we all know what's happening, which is very helpful. But the other thing that it does that I really like is it helps them know that it isn't just them yeah who has things you know yep. what i mean they yep. can see oh mommy is speaking mm-hmm. at this place mm-hmm. so that's that makes sense why you know it, it helps them see that it isn't all about me right yep. you know what yep. i mean or yep. my little sister has a recital that maybe i can give her a little note a good luck note for or yep. give her a hug after and, you know, i don't know you know what i mean it just helps totally. them kind of <laughs> get like i'm part of a whole we all have teams. These different a, things yeah mm-hmm. yeah and it makes you feel unified and all those things so really i mean that takes like it takes like five minutes, mm-hmm. 10 minutes maybe, mm-hmm. but I think it's really helpful and it helps even the little kids. They kind of feel kind of cool. When yeah. They- and I think my kids aren't old enough that we do the full week because they don't even know what a week means, <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but we do usually do the next day or yes. if I don't do the next day that morning, I tell them breakdown of the day, yes. what we're going to do. Yes. So same exact thing. And it really helps helps them just kind of feel like, oh, that's coming next. That's coming next. Mm-hmm. And then also it helps me protect downtime and free play. So it's not just like, if I notice, yes. if I wake up and I'm like, oh, our day is bam, 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 bam. If I have a choice, 
I try to spread some stuff out yes. and protect that yes. that free play and downtime. It kind of gives you a pulse for, I think we may be doing too much. Yeah. When, when you actually sit down and look at it, it can be like, you know what? We may be doing too much. We need to cut back. Yep. Or I do love the morning thing at breakfast. Mm-hmm. And if you present it to your kids, so I always be like, guys, guess what we get to do today? Yes. yes. School. Mm-hmm. Tidies. Like yeah. some of them are not yes. exciting things. Quiet time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> little jazz hands going. Yeah. You know what I mean? But if you present it in a way that they see, oh, we have a balance of fun mm-hmm. and free. Mm-hmm. And so when I ask them to do tidies, they're like, I already know that we We're are going into the mountains today. You know what yes. I mean? So yeah. you kind of give them a balance. And if they, if you're enthusiastic about it, I found that my kids have a better chance yep. of being enthusiastic about it. I love yes. that. So yeah, any age of kid can mm-hmm. grasp on to if you have a rhythm in the morning. For us, it's a breakfast. When do you do yeah. yours? Same breakfast. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Because we're all kind of sitting. Yeah. I love that. And Kim John Payne talks a ton about how it's kind of the new normal to super schedule our kids and feel like you need to be doing stuff back to back to back to back to back. Mm-hmm. And our lives are going to be busy, but he really encourages how can you simplify for your kids because they need those pressure valves, those release times of downtime if they're older, um, playtime, right, if they're younger, free play mm-hmm. to release. And if you can see that routine, that rhythm beforehand, the schedule beforehand, you can say, oh, I, I think they might need a little downtime mm-hmm. right there. And I think it's good for kids to be able to, like we have that conversation a lot. So you're wanting to learn this new thing, mm-hmm. but how can we do that and still keep balance? Yeah. So what, l- we're probably going to take something out. Yep. You know what I mean? And I think it's good for kids. Because as an adult, we have to do that too. Exactly. Yeah. I think if we want, if our goal is to raise balanced adults, I think a lot of people somehow think that you can have overscheduled crazy kids and they're not going to turn into overscheduled crazy adults. Right. Because that's actually, I think, one of my biggest challenges in life. There's so many amazing things I want to do mm-hmm. not to overschedule. Yep. You know what I mean? So exactly. I think it's good to have those conversations with your kids. Yep. It feels like it's getting a little busy. What should we do here to balance a little bit and give us some more free time? Mm-hmm. I like that. Love it. Okay. So just to recap um, on the tips. So I, we feel like these tips apply to toddler through older, but they are focused on, you know, that tween to teenage years. So first, create connection as their safety net so see their misbehavior as a sort of pinging back home to you that they they're kind of needing your guidance so create that connection create routines rhythms that simplify your life and protect their playtime and their downtime and can i insert something here with um bedtimes specifically so as you guys know i like literature is my thing it's what i studied in college and so I have spent a lot of my life researching the effect of literature on kids. Mm-hmm. And so I just want to put this out there for even, I mean, even with older kids, this works awesome. But if you can have reading be a part of your bedtime routine, it's, I mean, like documented, better sleep, all these mm-hmm. kinds of things. But so we're not going into our specific, those kind of routines, because you, you choose right. what is your morning routine, what is your bedtime routine. But the right. idea is if you have a routine, mm-hmm. things are going to go better, mm-hmm. even with teenagers. Yep. So, but, and especially tweens. Like I was talking uh, to somebody who's a elementary school teacher. She said she asked her kids in her class, their third graders, um, how many get read to? And there's only two. Hmm. And this is in like a really like, I mean... So they all have great parents uh-huh. and yeah. anyway so I just want to put that little insert in that if you feel like you can incorporate mm-hmm. reading to your kids mm-hmm. at bedtime like my thing that I've loved so like during the daytime we do 
a lo- all sorts of different books. But at night, it's a book I choose, and it's always above their reading level. Mm-hmm. And it's usually have you know, like a, we do a lot of historical fiction and that kind of thing, where it's like I want this really good, good, good literature in their mind, and. I read it to them at night after they're all ready for bed. Like we've mm-hmm. done everything and it's this treat. We all yeah, settle down. Relaxing it treat. feels like you're settling down right before you eat a really yummy meal. Like mm-hmm. that's the feeling mm-hmm. we all get so when excited. we sit down. Yeah. Where it's yeah. like, I'm going to feast on this because it's mm-hmm. so good. So anyway, mm-hmm. I, love that. I know that's one of my, I know it's one of my you know strong we'll go into literature later. <laughs> biases, but <laughs> if you can incorporate that into your evening routine, I think it'll, it helps with connection, all sorts of things. So I love that. Yep. I dig it. Okay, and then also to just keep in mind, I really love just the short um, description of these age groups. So the governor, um, you are the authority, but think of author. You're the author of their days, their lives. You're pretty much making all the decisions because you you are the mm-hmm. parent. When they're little. Mm-hmm. When they're little. Gardener, tell me your plan. So I want to hear about what you want to do, and then I will decide but we're going to talk about it together. And that's tweens. Tweens. Mm-hmm. And then the guide, teenage years. This is about your hopes, your dreams. And I'm only going to step in if I see you taking another path. And what I love and it's beautiful about this breakdown is if you can establish that role when they're little, um, they build up that inner strength and desire to... <clears throat> go on that path of their hopes and dreams and with your support. So I fit, it seems like, again, I don't have teenagers, but you end up at a place where they're making decisions that are in line with their family and th- because they've oriented towards you and they have that connection. So I just love that. All right, let's find the magic. <coughs> me, 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 me. <laughs> <laughs> Brown cows. <laughs> 